Welcome to New Trier Performing Arts Stories. I'm Dwayne Burkhardt. When I began talking with New Trier friends about doing this podcast, I asked them about their memories of New Trier Theater. And while the clear majority of those memories centered on the teachers and staff, when it came to students, there was one name among our peer group that consistently came up more than any other. That name is Mary Ryan, now Mary Ryan Cargis. Mary is an accomplished actress, voice actress, and businesswoman, and I am delighted to have her as my guest today. Mary, welcome to Nutrier Performing Arts Stories. Gosh, thank you so much. That That is so sweet and kind of our our peers, our, our group. Well, you know, I was going to start with a different question, but since I mentioned that in the intro, we'll, we'll talk about this fact that your name comes up so often, because when we spoke a few weeks ago, I, I'd mentioned that to you, and I really liked your answer. So I'll, I'll start with this. Why do you think that your name comes up so much and so often? I don't know. I, I have a, a a pithy answer for you first, and that's because you can spell the whole thing in six letters if you really want to. <laughs> M-A-R-Y-A-N, right? right? But the but I think that I hold that time at, at Nutrier so dearly, and I I'm a connector, and so I think that I call back to those connections often. So I think that maybe I keep a lot of our people close, even though I don't see them ever, mostly. I I still feel so close to so many. I, there's not one person that I ever met in the New Trier Theater Department that I would feel strange about going up to and sitting down with and starting a conversation. And it would go on for hours as though we never left each other. There's not one person that doesn't fall into that category. Excellent. Well, I, I will I will not disagree with anything you just said. I'll just add one little bit of extra as, as someone who saw you perform and also because you were that good. That's very nice. So now I'll start with what was going to be my first question. It was a big reason I wanted to interview you in particular. One of the things that came up in my wonderful Christmas interview with Suzanne Adams was how the skills that we were taught in the performing arts department were incredibly multidisciplinary. And while I want to make sure that this podcast stays attached to performing arts, it is also important to talk about how those skills we learned benefited literally thousands of other students who have gone through Nutrier's PAD and, and didn't go on to careers in performing arts. And you, along with my guest next week, are actually really excellent sort of hybrid guests to help me with that pivot because you've had careers in both performing arts and outside performing arts. 100%. But I want to start... Yeah, I, but I want to start with performing arts, and then we'll kind of work our way out into those other things. So my first question is kind of this, a standard one, but for you, how did Nutrier's Performing Arts Department help prepare you for your your eventual work as an actress and a voice actress? Actually, I can kind of answer, you know, the two parts of my world with the same answer. I The things that I learned, the fundamentals I learned from Mrs. Adams and from Dr. Boyle and from Mr. Nick and from, from all those teachers have taught me in everything I do, have carried into everything I do. And when I try to think about what are the main pieces that I learned, I think that I learned to risk, to observe, how to make a choice, how to identify tactics. I use those things every single day. And I there are also quotes that I recall all the time to my sales teams that I learned, like things Stanislavski said, 
that I taught as a, when I was teaching, I did a little bit of teaching of acting too. And as I, as I taught, I would use these quotes and I use them up for sales teams too. I, I just think that it's not just performance, but I was going to say that I think that the culture of performance is so integral in so much of business, but it's not just performance, it's discovery. And it's, and it's, knowing how to allow yourself to discover and to observe and to not just bulldoze, but to actually take in whatever's being given so that you can offer it back out, whether that's in in anything, whatever it's in, whether you're in college writing papers or you're in, or you're teaching or you're selling or you're presenting or whatever it's in, or you're acting. You know. Or you're acting, right. Yes, exactly. exactly. So, uh, and speaking of acting one more time, Favorite Nutrier Performing Arts Department experience, and oh why? I, I, there. This is hard because I have so many amazingly fabulous Nutrier acting experiences, and some of my favorites come from being in the classroom moments, and they, and all of my favorites are around that moment when I was asked to do more than I thought I could. What a good answer! I, I hadn't even, you know, what of all the people I've asked this question of so far, that's the first time someone's mentioned. And it's really true that some of the classroom, some of the scenes that we did in classes for one another really contained some really powerful, amazing moments. Remember, we we would call it, call it Christmas. Yeah. When, when we'd get our assignments. And that was why we released Mrs. Adams' interview for oh, Christmas. That was okay. the whole thought behind it. it was, that okay. was super, I thought that was cute, but whatever. It is very cute. It's very good. Very good. Yeah, I, that that for sure. And I, one of those moments for me was a scene from Cyrano de Bergerac with John Cannon and I had just gotten some super sad news about my favorite aunt and I was encouraged to go and do the scene anyway and and to kind of use that as fuel for the given circumstance of the moment of the of the scene and um it was really really powerful and and taught me an, another step of teaching me what I can do what I could do and that again those are the those are the moments at Nutrier that I hold the dearest in terms of theater arts. I remember Dr. Boyle, I learned later, chose a play for me my senior year. And it was a very intense, uh, it was a very intense script. It was Plaza Suite and it was a lot of, a lot of roles at one time, remember? And it was, um, it was hard and it was a lot. And one time we were rehearsing down below Gaffney in that, in that lower lobby that, I think it was the first time I'd ever even been down there, but it, we were rehearsing down there and I was having a really hard time. And he turned to me and he said, well, I guess we have finally found the thing you can't do. And that just, that just, you know, it stunned me. And I was like, what, what? And I had to kind of steal myself. And, and I said, no, sir, you have not. <laughs> and I went back and I got on it and I, and I, you know, took care of that. But it, but it's those moments. It's those moments of um, being pushed to the extra place. So we're we're broadcasting a little bit out of out of order, and I'm sure our audience understands that we record these way before. So the, the two weeks immediately before your interview are a two part show on Shakespeare, and of course we talk a great deal about Dr. Boyle. And yeah, he could certainly be like that. I must say, I did stress test his cardiovascular system on a regular basis uh, in that I was one of his actors who would frequently walk into dresses or texts with a copy of the script still sitting in my back pocket. I, in, in three years of doing Shakespeare with him, I blew two lines. So he learned to oh, good job. 
learn to be to be tolerant, I suppose, of, of that. But yeah, that's that's amazing. I I love your answer. Of all the answers I've gotten so far, with no disrespect to all the others, the answer of the classroom uh, moments is one I hadn't heard, and I just kind of realized how great an answer that is. So one of the things that I've always loved most in theater and in any of performing arts is is rehearsal and discovery and those moments of really, really, really digging in. I'm not really one much fed by applause or, or that. So I so I think that um I think it all started there for me in those classrooms. All right, well, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we are talking with Mary Ryan Cargis and we will be back in just a moment. This episode of Nutrier Performing Arts Stories is brought to you by I Relieve You Sir, a sometimes harrowing often hilarious collection of U.S. Navy sea stories by Dwayne Burkhardt. The book is available on Amazon.com for just $5.99 in paperback and just $2.99 in ebook format. Buy yours today. And we are back. We are talking with actress, voice actress, and businesswoman Mary Ryan Cargis. Uh, Mary, you used a, shall we say, unconventional decision-making paradigm when choosing your college <laughs> beyond, like we're going to go beyond Nutrier now. Um, maybe you could walk us through this 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 very interesting uh, choice that you made. Walk us through are the operative words there, aren't they? <laughs> the, yes. That was not an intentional double entendre. I just <laughs> said it that way. Okay, sorry. That's, that's very funny. I applied to a lot of schools, including a, a little bit of some BFA school, but I quickly decided I, I wanted to get a liberal arts education. I wanted to not go directly into a theater, into a performing arts education. So I wanted to go to a liberal arts school and I applied to a bunch. I got into a bunch. I had no idea what I wanted to do. So I, gosh, I want to think of whose basement we were in. I... It, it might have been Dave Flatley's basement. I'm not sure whose basement we were in, but I sat there and I wrote all the names of all the schools that I got into on my shoe. It was a tree torn shoe <laughs> on my tree torn. And I uh, wore those shoes until all the words wore out. And the one that stayed on was Kalamazoo College. There you go. <laughs> really smart decision making, <laughs> let me tell you. But I did make a choice. Did make a choice. I, that is that is truly. I I have to say, of all the stories I have heard of college choices, that is definitely the most unique. So you you definitely you you peg that meter. And believe me, I tell my I have told anyone who will listen, my children, anybody else's child, this is how not to do it. <laughs> this is what not to do. <laughs> Although my college experience was fantastic, but yeah. Well, you started out as pre med, did you not? Well, I started out thinking I wanted to be pre-med. I thought I wanted to be a pediatrician and then hard science hit, really hard science hit. And so that stopped. Then I thought I would use theater as therapy for emotionally disturbed children. So then I started a dual degree of theater and psych. Then I just kept having success in the theater. I, I started working professionally while I was in college and I well, and, and hang on, you moved, you'd moved to Penn State when you switched to psych and theater, correct? Is that? No, no, no. I, I graduated from Kalamazoo College. From Kalamazoo. Okay. Yeah. But I, they have a summer festival theater workshop and I was hired there for, for a summer and worked with Oliver Haley, who's a playwright who has since died. But I, it was really, that was my first real professional experience and it was really amazing. 
And I, so I just kept going. I just kept going and growing in the theater. And one of my professors convinced me to audition for MFA programs. And so I did. And that was an amazing day where um, I got offers from every school there. So I decided to give it a go. And I went to Penn State and loved that too. Loved it. Met amazing people. Always kind of knew I didn't want to be a professor. I come from a long line of teachers and I don't know if it's just my, you know, Mary, Mary, quite contrary. I suppose I I, I didn't want to do what I kind of knew I was in me to do. So I, so I tried to not be a teacher. And yet you've done teaching. So yet I've done teaching. I, I, I did do teaching. So then I, I worked in the professional theater and then made my way to Seattle. Um, My sister and I, who is also a Nutrier grad and performing arts grad, we, we both moved to Seattle at the same time. And she, like a responsible person, got a job and I got an agent and started getting hired, started doing commercial work and voice work and stuff that I never really had thought about myself being successful in before. And I started um, really working it and, and I enjoyed it. And then I met my husband and started having children and started stopping being on stage because I was afraid of being bad at one or the other. I, and I didn't want to be bad at either. So I chose to be a good mom or to try to be a good mom instead of to, I was afraid that if I stayed on stage, I would want to be the best actress I could be. And that might take away from my good momness. So that makes sense. You, you said it a little, it was funny when you said you went to Seattle because when, when we spoke a couple of weeks ago, it was funny. You'd said you, you got an agent, you got a husband. And I, it was, you were much clearer about this here. And I understand that now because you know, for those of us who never got the chance to have a professional agent, I, I didn't know how that conversation went, you know, where you, I need a voice acting job. Um, I need a husband. Can you send one of those over? And uh, <laughs> I mean, agents can do a lot of stuff. I just kind of assumed that maybe that's how that worked. So no, I'm <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. I met my husband at a party I had for strangers. Oh. And you have three wonderful children. And because of when this is broadcasting, I'm going to say happy anniversary because we just passed your anniversary. Let's talk a little bit about now going into into business because you're going to find your way back into performing arts and we'll talk about that. But to talk about the multidisciplinary nature of how we use these skills, how did you end up in business and where you are today? Well, actually, again, I was at a party. I don't know. I was at a party and- um, Going to a lot of parties, Mary. I'm just going to say that. Apparently. The- um, <laughs> I was at a party and I was talking about my background in theater and what I was doing at that time. And this woman who I was just kind of getting to know said to me, you know what, if you're interested, I'm going to make up a job for you and hire you if you'd like to have a more regular job. And I'm like, what, what is it? And she goes, I'd like you to teach our sales reps how to sell our line and go to all the gift shows and do this. And now at at this point, I was a mom of pretty young children. And so the idea of going around twice a year to gift shows and staying in a hotel by myself and having hotel TV and the whole thing, it was, I mean, it was a dream. I was so excited to do <laughs> With this. no thing. children? You're kidding. <laughs> right. It, it was, it was just, and it wasn't ever for too long, you know, it would be like for four days at a time or something like that. So it was really, really fabulous. So she, her name is Ramsey Ringo. She started that whole kind of business career for me that I that I never knew I had in me and I loved it 
I completely wore the wrong shoes the first time I went to a gift show. I because I thought, oh no, you I, have to I, wear comfortable shoes. I, as a totally. as a trade show veteran in my in my years of business, I can tell you, you don't arrive at a trade show without comfy shoes. Yeah, I, and I didn't know that. I didn't have any tutelage. I just I kind of learned my script, learned my my objectives was ready for whatever obstacles to come my way. And I, and I had a bucket load of tactics, you know, and I, so I went at it with my acting training. And that was what I was going to get to talk to us a little bit about the, the performing arts skills that you ended up using in those moments. That way that we were taught how to break down a script and how to identify a super objective for the entire thing. So in this case, the super objective for the trade show would be to make sure the reps and the customers are understanding the products as as best they can so that they can sell them both to their customers or to their well both to their customers to the end user or to the to the stores that the reps are selling to so that would be the super objective then my objective would be to find the exact right way to connect with each buyer or rep in a place that they are landing in. You know, I had to find a personal connection to each one of those people so that I could help them to understand better. And then I would just, you know, I'd run into I run into obstacle after obstacle from being in the deep south and not really understanding their the way they're talking using words like I really didn't know <laughs> some of the words they'd use to to part of this line had to do with college mascots and I didn't know what the tar heels were or who the Sooners were, or that you know, I didn't know these different things at all. Did not have a college boyfriend into football, apparently. Well, Kalamazoo College football is different. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and and yet you still also have found your way through all of this to to keep the the performance art part of your life and career going. And one of the things that I want to highlight is that no one who has ever gone on a Holland America cruise has ever had the opportunity to do so without the Mary Ryan experience. You are the voice of Holland America, are you not? <laughs> um, I am the safety voice of Holland America. Ah, the safety voice. Right? Mm -hmm. So I am the one telling you to get to your muster station if you hear those four beeps. <laughs> I am telling you to make sure to wash your hands and be careful when you step down. I'll tell you where to find your um, life jackets and all of that kind of thing. The worst thing that ever happened to me in a sound booth, though, was they didn't turn the mic off and the client says they, they didn't hear turn the mic. They, um, I could hear them. And, mm -hmm. and so the client says, well, I want her to sound like her tape. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> well, thank you so much then. Yeah. Add well, a little reverb. I, I just feel like uh, there's uh, there's always a temptation for me if I'm doing something where I'll do a take, I'll do a take straight. And then I just, because of who I am, I want to do a take, you know, a completely different way just to amuse myself or something. But you know, when the client's not in the room, that kind of thing happens. Like the mustard station comes up quite a bit when it, <laughs> you know, that, that kind of thing. But the, but but when someone has, I mean, I've also I have also had to rewrite copy for clients and and I've definitely sat with people as they rewrite. So I understand that that's a tough, that's a hard thing. I, I'll, I'll tell you what I would love to do with you one day is I would love to sit down and do one of those red zone, white zone voiceover sessions. It, it just, it seems like that would be an enormous amount of fun. <laughs> it would be. I love doing voice work. I, I really do. Yeah, yeah. So do I. Um, so, Mary, we're we're just about out of time. Is there anything else about your Nutria experience that you wanted to say while we're here? 
I, I just, I, that I'm grateful. I think that's it. Just that, that I'm grateful for that Nutra experience. Yeah. So, yeah. so wonderful. Yeah. The, the, the wonderful, lovely, talented Mary Ryan Cargas has been our guest today on Nutria Performing Arts Stories. Mary, thank you so much for your time and uh, best of luck to you in the future. Thank you. Nutria Performing Arts Stories is a copyrighted production of Narratives Incorporated. It is written, directed, produced, and edited with regret that I had to cut a single second of it by yours truly, Dwayne Burkhardt. For more information, or to suggest a guest or sponsor for our podcast, please email info at NutriarPADStories.com. And join us next week when our guest will be singer and opera executive Diana Hasek. Until then, thanks for listening. See you next time.